Welcome to Room 106. I'm Richard Garlick from Planning Magazine. And I'm John Gagan, also from Planning Magazine. Every fortnight we enter Room 106, the den of discomfort into which all new planning information is deposited and extract the key things you need to know. Housing Secretary Michael Gove has warned 10 councils to improve the speed of their decision making or face having their planning powers removed. We'll explore what that might mean. A court has ordered a developer to keep homes that it is completed vacant until it delivers a promised footbridge. We'll explain what's happened. And an inspector has allowed 100 homes on the Surrey Greenbelt after finding a council's housing land supply to have been just one and a half years. We'll examine the decision. And we'll also round up some of the other big news stories of the past fortnight. By the end of the show, you'll be ready to hold court at the office coffee machine. So, the moment of truth. Ready to go in? Okay. Well, here we are again in room 106. Still not the most welcoming of places. Yes, it could definitely do with redecoration. But it's good to see we have some company. It's our senior reporter, Samantha Eckford. Hello, Sam. Hi, John. Hi, Sam. You're going to be updating us a bit later on on Michael Gove's warning letters to local authorities plus a case where a court ordered a developer to keep completed homes vacant until it delivers a promised footbridge. Yes, see you later. Fantastic. But first I'm going to turn to you, John, and ask you to update us on the recent appeal case that saw 100 homes approved in the Surrey Greenbelt. Yes, so as you say, this was an appeal decision where a planning inspector allowed 100 homes on Greenbelt after the local planning authority admitted that it couldn't demonstrate more than a year and a half supply of deliverable housing sites. As our listeners will know, the requirement in national planning policy is five years. So this is well underneath that benchmark. Okay, so to go back to the basics, what was the proposal and what was the council's position on it? The developer, Carla Holmes, submitted an appeal over its scheme on the outskirts of Wallingham in Surrey on the grounds that Tandridge District Council had failed to determine its application within the prescribed timescale. So its scheme proposes 100 homes, 40% of which would be affordable, on Greenbelt land that's currently occupied by a small paddock and a sports ground, which the developer is proposing to relocate. In its submission to the appeal, Tandridge Council said that if it had determined the application, it would have refused permission on the basis that the scheme was considered inappropriate development in the Greenbelt and lacked the very special circumstances that's required in national planning policy to justify inappropriate Greenbelt development. Okay, and what was the inspector's reasoning in allowing the appeal? The inspector acknowledged in his report that the proposed scheme represented inappropriate development and would harm the openness of the Greenbelt site, and he gave these factors substantial weight. However, he said these were counterbalanced by the contribution that the scheme would make to addressing what he called an acute and persistent housing supply shortfall and deliver affordable homes in an area of high need. So according to his report, Tandridge Council accepts that it cannot demonstrate the required five-year housing land supply, which means that the National Planning Policy Framework's presumption in favour of sustainable development is engaged, which means that the Council's housing supply policies are rendered out of date. The inspector's report said the Council's latest annual monitoring report identified a housing land supply of just one 0.57 years of deliverable sites. In addition, evidence submitted to the inquiry showed that the district had delivered only 38% of 
its housing requirement over the past three years. And this was measured in the government's latest housing delivery test results, which were published last year. And it was the sixth poorest performing local authority in England on this measure. Overall, the inspector ruled there was no justified basis to refuse the appeal proposal on the grounds that the benefits of the development would be very extensive and it thus met the very special circumstances threshold. Okay, and and what else do we know about the council's planning performance? Well, Townridge appears to be struggling in several key areas. We heard in the the appeal decision that its housing land supply is just one and a half years compared to the five-year threshold. And it was one of 51 authorities that delivered less than 75% of their housing requirement in the latest housing delivery test results. In addition to that, it was one of 25 councils that came under the threshold in the government's latest planning performance figures for speed of decision-making. And this puts it at risk of special measures designation, which means developers can bypass the council and submit applications to the planning inspector instead. It came under the 70% threshold for non-major planning decisions made within eight weeks in 2021 and 2022. It was one of 17 councils warned by the Housing Secretary Michael Gove in January that he was considering stripping them of their planning powers because of their poor performance in determining applications on time in the two years up to September 2022. However, it was not one of the 10 councils subsequently warned earlier this month by Gove. But the latest special measures figures in the two years up to December 2022 show that it was still under the threshold for non-major planning decisions. In March, the council announced that it suspended external contact with its planning team for a week so it could deal with a backlog of planning applications and appeared to blame the build-up on a recent reliance on agency staff. So in terms of development management, you know, it's struggling. It's also been in trouble in relation to its emerging local plan. It submitted its draft local plan for examination in January 2019, which was over four years ago. In a letter to the council, In September 2021, the examining inspector said the authority should consider scrapping the plan because the council's proposed changes in response to concerns raised by the inspector about the inclusion of a 4,000 home garden village as one of its site allocations. But then in early 2022, the inspector proposed holding further hearing sessions on a range of contentious issues. And since then, the examination has been ongoing with correspondence between the council and the inspector. In September, the authority voted to pause work on its local plan and cited pending clarification of future government policy as a reason at the time. So it's been both on plan making and uh, development management, there have been um, uh, issues about speed. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And how has the council responded to the appeal decision? The spokesperson told us that we are disappointed with the inspector's decision given the land is in the Greenbelt and has national and local policy protection. Okay, well, thank you very much, John. And uh, turning to you now, Sam, you've been covering this warning from the Housing Secretary Michael Gove to 10 councils to improve the speed of their decision-making or have their planning powers reduced under the Special Measures Programme. So, first of all, what are we talking about here? What is the Special Measures Programme? So, this is the regime under which local planning authorities can be designated as poorly performing if they fail to meet certain criteria for the speed or the quality of their decision-making. Now, if they are designated, this allows developers to submit applications directly to the planning inspectorate. According to the government's criteria for speed of decision-making, 
authorities that decide fewer than 60% of major applications within the statutory deadline of 13 weeks, or 70% of non-major applications within the eight-week deadline, can face sanctions. Okay. And he's now warned 10 authorities that they're in danger of finding themselves in that position. So who are the 10 and why did they receive letters? So the 10 authorities are Calderdale, Cotswold, Epsom and Yule, Guildford, Hinkley and Bosworth, the Peak District National Park Authority, Pendle, Portsmouth, Vale of Whitehorse and Waverley. All 10 authorities failed to meet the threshold for making non-major decisions on time in both the two years to September 2022, which is the government's official assessment period, and also the two years to December 2022. This is the second time this year the authorities have received letters from the department concerning their poor performance. So in January, the then Director of Planning at the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities, Conrad Smewing, wrote to 17 of the 21 authorities that had failed to meet one or more of the thresholds for speed of decision-making over the official assessment period, including all 15 of those that failed to meet the threshold for non-major decision-making. Ten of these 15 have now received this most recent letter from Gove. Is it clear why they received that letter, or is that simply for performing poorly on those measures? So the letters say that seven of the authorities' performances fell far below the expected 70% threshold for non-major applications over the two-year period to September 2022, while the remaining three all fell just below the threshold. So what do the letters say? Gove said that their failures to meet the expected thresholds for performance indicate very poor quality service to local residents. And he also said that this is a significant deterrent to investment in the council's local housing market and wider economy. And he highlighted their poor performance. Okay. And what do we think of the implications of all this? So he's warned that if they fail to improve their performance by June 2023, so next month, he has said he will be prepared to designate them. Then he said he won't hesitate to exercise his designation powers if they don't improve over the next month. Well, it will be interesting to see whether he follows that through. Not many of the threats over the years that have been made to put councils in special measures have been followed through, but maybe Gove intends to um, get a bit more serious. Exactly. Your second story is this interesting case about a developer that promised a pedestrian bridge as part of a scheme, then trying to secure agreement to not delivering the bridge itself and being knocked back by a planning inspector. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. So first of all, just for background, in 2012, planning permission was granted for a mixed-use development, including 168 homes. Provision of the railway footbridge was specifically mentioned in the description of this development. Subsequently, a Section 106 agreement was signed whereby Red Row Homes, uh, who's the developer, undertook to substantially complete the bridge prior to the occupation of the 75th open market dwelling. That trigger point was later changed to be before the 125th open market dwelling. So the development has since been built out, but Red Row has had to leave 17 open market units vacant due to the continued non-delivery of the bridge. The developer is blaming the delay on difficulties arising from its agreement with Network Rail as the reason why it hasn't built out this bridge yet. And uh, what happened after that? So in 2020, Redrow applied to remove the condition attached to the 2012 permission, but the council refused this application, fearing that it would undermine the planning obligation to deliver the footbridge. This was despite Redrow Homes offering to either pay the council a million pounds to fund the delivery of the bridge. The developer also offered to keep five homes vacant, saying that the value of these five homes would exceed the estimated total cost of constructing the bridge. 
But the council said that the bridge was necessary and an intrinsic part of the development, saying that its ability to link the new housing to the existing town centre was fundamental to the development's acceptability. A planning inspector subsequently dismissed Red Row Homes' appeal against the council's refusal, but the developer challenged this decision in the High Court. And what did the court rule? So in the ruling, which was handed down on the 19th of April, the judge rejected arguments that the inspector proceeded on the mistaken basis that she had no power to allow Red Row Homes' appeal. She said that Red Row Homes must construct the footbridge before these homes can be occupied. What did she have to say about Red Row's offer to provide a million pounds or to keep five dwellings vacant as sort of alternative ways of honouring their commitment? She said that the inspector's judgment that the solutions offered by Red Row were not good enough was acceptable. And she said that it was totally obvious why these, these options weren't good enough. She said the obligation to keep five as opposed to the original 17 dwellings vacant was plainly likely to be less effective in achieving the critical objective of the delivery of the bridge. And she said that the obligation to pay the sum of a million pounds was even less likely to deliver the footbridge, especially given that the council had made clear how crucial the footbridge was to the development. Okay. Any other interesting comments made as part of it? Yeah, so in dismissing the House Builders Challenge, she also said that the claimant had made it clear its lack of enthusiasm for delivering the footbridge and that it would seek whatever legal route was open to it to be able to sell all the dwellings without the delivery of the footbridge. Okay, so that's pretty damning, isn't it, that the judge suggesting that the um, developer would um, was absolutely hell-bent on uh, not delivering its um, the sort of planning gain that had been promised at the outset of the process. So uh, I suspect there'll be quite a few planning officers and local sort of civic groups around the country who are delighted to hear of a situation where a developer is being held to its original promise. It is obviously worrying, isn't it, when promised benefits of of large developments don't materialise because what that must do to local people's faith in the planning process if they've been told that that a bit of sort of important local infrastructure will be delivered as part of this and then it doesn't turn up. It must be very undermining to their faith in the system. Yeah, like you say, I'm sure very reassuring to those planning officers who are all too familiar with cases like this. Absolutely. Okay, Sam. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, now I'm going to turn to John. What else has been going on in the last couple of weeks? So a big story that's broken this week is that the Housing Secretary, Michael Gove, is understood to be rethinking his refusal, which was partly made on design grounds and against an inspector's advice, of a 165-home scheme in an area of outstanding natural beauty in Kent. In other news, the government's chief planner, Joanna Averley, has promised further funding for local planning authorities as part of a new comprehensive programme that aims to address capacity and capability problems within local authority planning teams. And she said an announcement was expected in the next couple of months. Next, the government has said it is considering extending the permitted development rights regime as part of a wider review of planning barriers to farm diversification projects, such as TV presenter Jeremy Clarkson's bid to open a restaurant on his diddly squat farm. Finally, the Court of Appeal has ruled that it is fair for recently graduated appeal planning officers to make recommendations to more experienced planning inspectors. The judgment reverses a High Court ruling issued in December that had ordered an appeal to be redetermined due to an appeal planning officer making an initial planning judgment on a case. Thanks, John. And of course, listeners can read more on all of these stories at planningresource.co.uk. Well, I think our work is done. Let's get out before there are any more announcements or decisions.
Great, that's another fortnight summarised. Yes, we'll be back with a bonus edition next week when we'll be taking a deep dive into what we know about Labour's planning policies, plus asking how the results of the May local elections might affect the various political parties' planning policies in the future. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe wherever you normally get your podcasts. And to get a daily bulletin of planning news, plus weekly analysis and specialist bulletins, subscribe at planningresource.co.uk. Look out for Net Zero Connect, which is to be held on the 21st of June in Birmingham and in which planning is a partner. Our thanks to producers Hannah Holt from Haymarket Business Media and Daisy Chaku from Rethink, and thanks for listening. Goodbye.